There we go. <laughs> I made Eric redo that and he yelled at me. <laughs> uh Eric's gonna have the end of me, but um <laughs> uh, What's he doing? So, hey, he's probably still sulking over the fact we lost two hours and thirteen minutes of podcasting. Like I don't I don't know why I'm doing this right now. Like I was just so defeated when I lost all that footage and I just and you know <laughs> they're in the process of moving right now. Uh, so like so he's like so that was like the last thing he decided to pack, he, you know. Oh right. The wife Kept was it out so you could The sell wife him. was like, "Come on. The wife was like, "Come on. Let's just sit there in the empty house home. recording a podcast." <laughs> yeah, and it's just like you do all that work and then you bosh it and basically what it was is his he couldn't get his camera to work on his on his computer so he connected i we talked through the his phone on zoom app but he had a phone case over it and it, the volume recording came from his phone and didn't and he muted the mic because you know at that point he had two sources of sound so he muted the wrong one and now i just have this muffled kerfuffle of stuff and i was just like I tried to just sit there and painstakingly separate the voice from the, and I I got to like three minutes and ten seconds in, and I was just like, you know what? It's trash. Worst things have happened to me. Yeah, uh, trash. Sometimes you just gotta. It's a sunk cost. Cut your losses. Yeah. Cut. I did. Cut. Delete. Trash. You know. Start again. You know one thing that uh, I'm, I guess I'm not not harboring. I don't know, but. It's always when you try to repeat the first authentic conversation, you know, because you and I had had, had talked via phone and discussed it. And then, and then we went, oh, we should have, this would be a great podcast. It's like, it's almost as if, you know, you naturally ad-libbed a scene or, or you know, impro- uh, improvised an acting scene because it was authentic. You did it. And I mean, to, to, the, to the effect, we got the conversation done. It was, uh, but... <sighs> Maybe I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm a hard critic on myself, but I was like, ah, I wish we would have got it like how it was the first go around, you know? You know uh, I mean, if you do this long enough, I can always, I can bring that same energy and tempo. Yeah. It's uh, it's all about, it's all about not being flat in your delivery. No, for sure. Um, I'm probably, because, I'm like, probably just struggling too, because I am pretty sleepy right now. And I'm like, normally yeah, I would. It's, it's, it's your bedtime. I would, this is I would make coffee, but then if I do, then I'm like, now I'm going to be up all night and I'm just going to screw me up. All right, then let's just, let's go ahead. Let's get the slow crap going. Let's, come on. Nice and easy. We're getting there. Get pumped, you guys. We're at 300 subscribers. <laughs> 300 subscribers. I don't care. 300 subscribers. I want it, god damn it. What are you at right now? Alright, that'll be I'm at two twelve. Okay. Yeah, oh yeah. It's I, I just crossed that that grand line. When I got to two hundred because ever since we've gone live, we've had two people subscribe every week. Oh, okay. That's pretty good. So so, so I mean, like it, you're I'm, growing at a faster rate than you ha- than you've ever have. Seventy six new subscribers this year compared to ten last oh, year. Yeah. I mean that's significant yeah. Delta. Yeah, I'll, I'll take it. For sure. I'll take it.
Welcome, welcome to another episode of the Identity Booth, and congratulations to Guillermo on tying for being the most, the, the tied for first now, for being the most, the, the most concurrent guest, not concurrent, the most guest visits, or most frequent statement, most frequent guest on the podcast, Guillermo, number four, congratulations, just get, get just, you know, another round of applause, get your energy well, going, because you. I know it's thank sleepy you. time for you, <laughs> you know, he's, at, he's now officially tied with Mama Bear, uh, Jen, I dare you come back on this podcast, oh, Jen, man. Jen, I dare you, I dare you to find time in your busy life to come say hi to Papa Bear, I double dog so, dare you. So I guess th- this might come off as a little bit of shit talking, but, uh. I feel like not now. It's gonna. I don't. I don't know her, so I don't know if she's competitive or not. It's gonna be like, oh yeah, well I got five. Oh yeah, well I got five. <laughs> everyone, everyone, everyone's racing to get to calls. I think the official rule is now when you get to ten, you're official co-host, so <laughs> you no longer have a bid in this race. But uh, first to ten, baby. Hey, challenge Guillermo. I double dog dare you. Come on. <laughs> it's it's just gonna help my numbers, but uh. Guillermo, welcome back. He is the host of the Circuit of Life podcast, which can be found on all major podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, uh, Player FM, short jab right there, (laughs) Google Play, and all other major platforms. It'll be in the description below. Uh, Please check it out. Uh, Guillermo, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, How are you? Yeah, you know, this is this is gonna be the combative version. This is the combative podcast right here. This is where me and you have. Uh, disagreement on something and uh, and not necessarily us but me you are going to take certain sides just to make this conversation a little bit more interesting because me you kind of draw the same lines uh um what our beliefs and stance are but for the interest like of, the debate know, team you know yeah for the interest you know what i'm missing right now hold on one second i, I have not had my bear and i just it goes right here and it, i haven't had my bear in the podcast in a minute my bad bear i don't know what I, what happened or like who hurt me but bear but people somebody said that to me they're like where's your bear at? i'm like what? bear and literally i forgot all about my bear dr heroes in the building y'all you know it's 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 20 he's actually man. the most frequent guest yes oh he's the he's the, he's actually the brains behind the <laughs> He's the brains behind the whole thing. Pay no attention but, um, to the man behind the, the surgeon's mask. <laughs> no, 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 no. You don't challenge that person. <laughs> but today we're going to be talking about um, something that came to my mind, and uh, and I'm going to speak from this speak from this perspective uh, as if is this as if it's true for me. And the question is, if the election is less than fifty days out, a lot. A lot has changed in these in this short amount of time. Uh, perspectives have changed. Understanding has changed. But more importantly, um, RBJ, RBG, Ruth, uh, is passed away today. Uh, 9-18-2020. Happy birthday, Nafi and Luke, my sister and brother. Happy birthday. Um, she, she, they pa- uh, she passed away today. And... With her passing away, and we're gonna do, I'm gonna do a live stream right after this to kind of give you guys the context of this. This means the Supreme Court justice spot is now open, and not only is it just open, 
That means Trump will have an opportunity to put three conservative leaning uh, Republican Supreme Court justice in office, giving it a six three lean for for the better of two uh, two lifetimes changing our country. So now more than ever, if you and this is my plea to the people register and vote. I don't really care who you vote for, but your vote is going to ripple through your life, your kid's life, and the future. The future is at stake now. We are in the end game. And I think it's more morally ambiguous and as unconcerned as you might find yourself being in this political process, it's no longer about you anymore. It's about the greater good that can come from us not making a mistake in this in the near future. So with that being said, the question is now, in 20, 2020, November 3rd, ballots will go out. And I have made a proclamation that if you're someone who can vote for Trump, I don't think you're someone I can be friends with anymore. And I'm not saying this from a situation of I want to fight you, but I'm definitely going to look at you differently because of your decision making and just inherently based on our debate debates uh, scheme you don't agree with this position no i don't all right and let's start with since i gave out the position let's start with the facts uh with, with what your problem is with this statement um so it's uh to me it's always just about uh the principle and the fundamental uh we're really you know you got to break down what's actually being said and you know what is what is the system that's in place and well also just a fun fact there is a third candidate that got added to the ballot but you go to the polls wait wait who uh joe joe jorgensen who the hell is that um i only just found out about her this week it's a her female wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute you mean to tell me we had a motherfucker named Kanye West who is a joke get on the ballot before someone who officially and meaning and with a purpose of being on the ballot got on the ballot. Yeah, that's that's the true irony there of just, a, you know, kind of the, the state of what we see and what we believe that there was uh, quite a few people that I heard that legitimately believe that Kanye West was on the ballot. And uh, no, he just said that and people believed him, but he is, in fact, not on the ballot. And the person that is, in fact, on the ballot, uh, probably the vast majority of people are not aware that she's on the ballot. Does she have a Facebook page? I don't know. That's actually a good question. And I I thought that, too, of just in today's climate, um, that's really, you know, like, why would you even spend all this money on advertising now? And all this is like, I'm like, just get on Facebook. (laughs) <laughs> okay all right pushing forward i don't want to think about it. this person is not going to win no i i highly doubt that she will win but uh, okay and i'm throwing shade i don't know what you the fact that you know who she is means that she at least did something for you well i i only found out about her because uh it was my my brother found out i don't know how he found out about oh, her okay. so it wasn't anything that I was doing. He was just, hey, I found out about this third candidate. He shared it with me. And I said, oh, I've never heard of her. But yeah, I'll check out her website. Okay. Okay. So then pushing forward with the... 
story at hand. So why don't you think I because I, I why don't you think someone who's voting for Trump is a flat out racist and can't be someone I'm a, you affiliate with? Why do you feel that's someone you can still affiliate with? Well, I I believe in getting to know people um, on a deeper level. Where if you just if you just go and ask somebody, hey, who did you vote for, or who are you gonna vote for? And to sum up the entire content of their character on that one thing, to me, I, I, I think it's absurd. I mean, okay. Uh, and you know what? I can I can yield to that. Me saying, me asking someone, hey, are you voting for Trump? And they say yes. And me immediately saying, well, you're a fascist, racist, egocentric, uh, environment, environmentalist hater, et cetera, et cetera. That is... Uh, manish and uh, and manic and sort of uh, psychotic in a way, and not a good not a good test of faith. But would would I be fair in saying that this person who votes for Trump is okay with his racism, with his fascism, with his with his with his copious amounts of lies? Like, would that be a fair assessment? Um, I, I still don't think it would be a fair assessment. Okay, then you got to explain that to me. Sure. Um, so, I mean, I'll, I'll put myself on the chopping block. So right now, I literally, I'm kind of like, man, I don't know. You know, it's election time's coming up, and I'm like, man, I don't know who I'm going to vote for. You know, I sit there, and uh, you read this, read that, and I'm like, I don't like anybody they got. And I was like, can I write myself in? No, wait, not old enough yet. Okay. Um, so... <laughs> It's still just because you let because you could be uh, depending on how you go about making your voting decision. Maybe you're something, one specific policy or one specific piece of legislation that uh, that a politician passed or signed signed into law was greatly beneficial to you. Something that maybe you wanted for a long time and. And you're, you know, us as, as citizens of the nation, we are the constituents. So if you feel that, you know, you feel strongly about something and you feel like you're not being heard and now you have a candidate and some of the things that you wanted to change changed, let's say it was, um, I don't know, uh, we'll, we'll call it for, for just keep it simple, something on uh, on tax reform. And let's say that there was a, uh, a federal tax change that Trump signed into office that was greatly beneficial to you and you voted for him because of that. And, and you run a company that has, you know, great diversity and, you know, you treat everybody with dignity and respect and you voted for him based on that principle alone. Well, to me, no, you're not automatically a racist. No, you you make a fair point and a fair assessment, but that's why I kind of phrased it in a way of you have to be okay with his racism and his demagoguery and his uh, constant copious lie. Because a lot of what people will say is something along that lines. He has a front-facing uh, economic mindset that appeals to a lot of business people. Absolutely. But I then would hit people with the same sentiment with if you're not making 1.7 million dollars 
you don't really fall into this category where his tax deductions actually make a difference to you. If you're someone who's making under $250,000, you only saw an increase of 3%, I mean, 33 cents in your paycheck per check. While to some people, that is significant. But to a vast majority of people, especially the people who are spouting this, it is not. So then I have to ask the question of, are you supporting him because of some odins you feel to him or because you just don't want to side with the other side? Because historically speaking, Republicans have never had the best interest in their constituents, health, education, and ability to grow from the middle class. It's, they're stagnant and it sort of makes me wonder uh i know you i don't know if you're aware about the the whole boat situation where they were on this lake and they were all in their boats and a few of the boats sank and the reason they, why that happened who, was because was in boats a bunch of trump supporters went out on a lake uh-huh. in their boats and some of the bigger boats uh, we're creating threshold waves that ended up pulling down a lot of the smaller boats. And it sort of was this poetic irony that these mega yachts were drowning out these smaller fish boats, sort of what the Republic Party, Republican Party does to their constituents. They corral them in this sense. They make them feel like they're part of the mass, the, the elite, and then they get drowned out at the end of the day. Because if we're looking at it from a just a standpoint of just... Things that he said he wanted to do. He says he has a better health care reform plan, but never presented it. But it's OK with removing uh, Obamacare from from people. Now, Obamacare isn't perfect, but you'd be better off fixing it than you are tearing it away from 36, 3600 uh, Americans. You you wouldn't you would give them nothing ostensibly by doing that. So, like. This leads to my second point. So it's I can definitely agree that, you know, my assessment of people isn't right. But from my core, I look at it this way. I'm not voting for Trump because I like Biden. I mean, I'm not voting for Biden because I because I like him or even because I think he's a better candidate. I think the fact remains that he has just he he hasn't done things that Trump is currently doing that is that is unacceptable to me. You know, there's 4,000 kids missing in our country right now who were stolen from their parents on the border looking for refuge, and we don't know where these kids are. And us being a nation that is the number third, the number three biggest port for child tra- uh, sex trafficking and things of that nature, it's a daunting task for the party of you know of family values to not have a set concern about this. You know, for a person who has gone about gone out of his way to make conflicts where they don't exist, the tariff wars, this war with um uh with with TikTok, the fact that 200,000 people are dead from a virus that he knew about back in February. These things make him unfit. But some people say to me that Joe Biden is unfit. And I have to wonder, what is unfit about Joe Biden? So that that's, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, so you educated me earlier, something I had no idea about where um, 
one thing that I just, uh, I, I think mental health is very important. Um, and I had chalked up uh, Joe Biden to, to me, I'm not a medical professional, but I was seeing him, um, I was speculating that he had signs of uh, Alzheimer's or dementia. And I didn't know, uh, Hiro, uh, Hiro told me, that they are subject to uh, a medical evaluation and a psychological evaluation to uh, evaluate the state of their mental health, both uh, for the candidacy and then before they're sworn into office. Something that I absolutely had no idea about that gave me, they gave me some, some peace in, in the fact that there's some checks and balances to make sure that that does not happen that we do not put, yeah. because I mean, there, just look at, look at all the, the majority of the politicians. Um, you know, most of them are above the age of 45 and time catches up with everybody. And that, that was my only thing of just, as you begin to tear your, uh, unfortunately, you know, you, you see it, you see it in your loved ones. You, uh, you know, I have, I have close friends that have parents with uh, Alzheimer's that they don't recognize their own kids. And I don't believe somebody in that state should be is fit for the presidency. And that that was the only crux no, of my argument. And so and, you know, that's a fair assessment. And and as a healthcare provider, I'm always going to challenge people on this when they say to me he, he's not fit for presidency um, because he has signs of dementia. And I'll ask them, you know, what are what are some of the key components of dementia? What are what is the neural what is the neural input and output and the, you know, the delta in change for a person of 45 and a person of, you know, 60 with dementia? Is it is it a plus two positive or do you have to get it right on the money in order for this person to qualify? And they kind of look at me with the uh, I don't know. And I'm like, so you don't know how to diagnose this uh, this disease that you're putting on to this person that you don't like for political reasons, but because because you can't bow to that notion or you don't have a way of articulating it you go to the lowest common denominator which is something that you've either heard or something that you just perceived and i'm not saying that that's something you've done but the a lesser group of people have definitely fallen into that camp so like the 25th amendment exists for a reason and it's to remove an unfit president but i i constantly challenge people to then assess, tell me you know what is the diagno- diagnosis for uh, manic compul- uh, manic uh, uh, manic voyeurism or some type of uh, uh, a constant lining or multiple or cognitive dissonance of some sort, which is you know a compulsive liar. Trump is on record lying over five thousand times on record, and literally will contradict himself, saying now that he never said the virus was coming on. That would be grounds for you know, multiple personality or, or cognizant dissonances or some type of mental distress or disorder, but yet you never mentioned that with him. So it's sort of like a play on these, you pick and choose when to use these notions and that's not fair. So I always then try and get down to the crux of things. And me and Eric have talked about this at nauseum. But well, here, you and I both know say, that politics are not fair. It, oh no, absolutely. But if, if, you're going to have a, a if you're going to have a conversation with me or you, you have to cut. You are not. I'm not going to give you the benefit of the doubt. 
Politicians can lie, but you can't. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that's the status of the world we are. And Eric's constant, you know, pushback is he would never vote for Biden. But I'm always telling him, so you're okay with what Trump's doing? No, Trump's a scumbag too. So I'm like, so then what's your choice? And not voting is the is the deepest sin. You could vote Republican, and I and honestly, I might be upset with you, but it's not going to change the way. Things really are between me. It's going to be a a little bit of a it's a misunderstanding that needs to be talked about because moving to the second point, uh, because not voting is not an option. That means you don't care. And for our second point is. What will Trump do for someone like you, like, you know, in the big picture of everything, if Trump wins November 4th, votes are in 2021, you voted for him. Does he does he affect you? directly no and that's uh i'm glad you brought that up as uh as i began to you know mull it around you know let's let's say i vote for trump let's say i vote for biden and then i think it's uh you're so far removed from the president um and i i say you like i'll use myself for example where i I consider myself part of the middle class. I work a nine to five. Um, I'm not rich, but I'm comfortable. Um, he has a sweet car, though, guys. His car's effing amazing. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a 2003, so don't uh, don't let him pump too much smoke up your butt. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey. I, like I said, his car is still amazing. It's souped up. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to believe it is. <laughs> uh, uh, but don't get me ranting on race cars because we'll completely derail this podcast. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you ten minutes at the end. Of the podcast. <laughs> anyway. um, I will sit here and start closing up shop, and I'll just let you have at yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so no, where I think one fundamentally, yes, vote. Regardless of who you vote for, vote. Don't fall into the trap of oh, well, my vote doesn't matter. So I will say that my vote doesn't matter directly to me, but me voting does matter. Where regardless if I vote Democrat or if I vote Republican, on my day-to-day existence, I pretty much do the same thing. I go to work Monday through Friday, sometimes weekends if there's emergencies. And, you know, I was like, I go to eat at local restaurants. I, I go to little family gatherings. It's like small social gatherings with close personal friends. And I try to treat everybody with dignity and respect. Rinse and repeat. Like, I don't live this extraordinary life. You know, I'm... I, I, it, somebody could, like, study me day to day and, like, oh, what's Gamma really up to? And they go, all right, I'm kind of bored. He just kind of does the same thing over and over again. And so because of the position that I'm in, uh, you know, economically, socially, whatever, what have you, is it's so all give I'll give you some, uh, give you context. I'm first generation born here of of immigrant parents from Mexico. I got lots of opportunities and I, I have lived a very comfortable life. Uh, I feel very fortunate to be in the position that I'm in. But I have voted in every single federal election since I've turned 18. Um, and have I really felt directly affected or touched or connected to any one of the presidents. Not really. I mean, some of them, you know, I would sometimes listen to the speeches and some of them are really good speakers um, and, you know, can capture an audience. 
But a lot of people do that. I mean, you ever heard of motivational speakers? That's what they do, you know? And so that doesn't really hold anything. But I think more uh, really what will directly affect you. Um, I'll give you a, a personal example is, so I think it's really important to, to vote for local government. Um, and I'll cap it, I'll cap it at the state level just to keep it more on the micro scale. But really, uh, even more important than that, to your local, your local city, uh, town, village, or whatever uh, where you live is designated. Because um, I'll give you an interesting example that happened to me is I live in, uh, it's, it's a village, and it has a population of no more than 25,000. Uh, the place I used to live had a population of 50 to 55,000. So drastically cut, a lot smaller. Uh, the physical geography, you can cruise in and out of there in probably less than 10 minutes. It's, it's pretty small. And the, uh, the village president actually lives on my block. And during the last, uh, so I move, I move into this town and or village. Um, and I didn't know that historically uh, political races uh, for, uh, for, I'll use mayor and village president interchangeably, um, but I didn't know how historically tight they were. And so they went, you know, kind of grassroots campaigning, knocking door to door and people from, uh, people from both the, the party that was in power and then also the, uh, the, the, the challenging party, the opposing party. And I ended up, long story short, is I end up having uh, a conversation. The, the mayor calls me from his cell phone on the day of the election. Yeah, my head was pretty freaking big. I was like, oh, I'm on the phone with the mayor. Look at me, you know? And I was like, I literally just moved here. I'm like, who am I, you know? But so it was kind of cool just in, just in concept, um, you know, makes for a good bar story. But it's, it's, it's because I cared to get involved because when the, the door knockers came and they told me, you know, what, what, their, uh, what their party was about and what their candidate that they were promoting was trying to do. And I, and I asked questions. I engaged in dialogue. Uh, they were talking about the specifics of infrastructure. And I asked a lot of very specific detailed questions that they were unable to answer in that time. And, they, and that's how they funneled me through. They said, all right, well, we, we would uh, we'd really like, he goes, you got good questions. Unfortunately, we can't answer them. Um, could, we, could we give your contact info to the mayor and he'll reach out to you? And, and, and he eventually did. And we talked. Um, but I, I, I highlight that story because I really want to emphasize the importance of getting involved at the local level. Brand new to the town, you know, they come knocking on the doors, talk to the people that were campaigning with them. And I'm on the phone with the mayor. Like, I can't imagine a situation where I'm on the phone with the president of the United States. It's just too far removed. Put it, put, put it into, give you more context, uh, you know, a large corporation. If, you know, a corporation of, let's say, a couple thousand people, you may never, ever engage with your president of the company, with your CEO of the company. They're the face of the company, sure. They get, they, they get changed out. You still do your job. You still come to work. You go through five executive changes on the top level 
And you don't really see a difference in your organization for what you do day to day. So it's kind of that where, yes, do go vote because even though if you're in a position like me where you may not be directly affected, that vote will directly affect other people that are on those are, are those, on those outer edges. And and therein lies and therein lies I think the the common ground where me and people like you can start to identify. Because if I was to ask you a series of questions, if I asked you Guillermo if there was a family of six, a single mother with six children standing in front of you and it was between her getting this vaccine for COVID so she can go back to work or you getting the vaccine, what would you do? I'll give it to her. Okay. And if there was a situation where you had to wear a mask in order to protect people while you were doing your job versus not wearing a mask, is it something? I'd wear the mask. All right. And if there were children in a cage on in your city, in your county, being held and being having hysterectomies done on them, would you go to the uh, the city town hall to make sure that this to sign a petition to make sure this doesn't happen? Absolutely. So it's fair to say that you agree that someone who does this isn't someone you want running your country. Yeah. So if if this and this is the and this is the gist of it, guys. This is the punchline. My reason for voting for Biden isn't because he's great. It's just because he's not doing those things right now. And he doesn't have a track record of doing it. And there's a bunch of people who will sit there and say, what about the 1984 crime bill? You know who else signed that bill? Bernie Sanders. Our our Lord and Savior, as we see him walk every day. But people don't want to acknowledge that. Trump is doing this right now. His attorney general has equated Black Lives Matter to 12 people dying in 2019. He is the top police official in the country. Even I know that 320 plus black people were killed by police last year. But when you have a president like this in charge, it makes it easier for cronies like this to get away with it. The CDC is coming out with a vaccine that is going to be released on executive emergency use. I am not anti-vax, but there's no way you can get me to take that vaccine. And it's not coming from a place of despise or disdain for the president. It's because he just doesn't. This is a person who literally told a forest scientist that trees explode and that the fires are on the fires. The fires will go away. He doesn't believe in the science. He believes in his ego. He believes in his presence. He believes in being right and he lives in an echo chamber and there's a great video from his town hall where he got to feel the wrath of an angry black woman where he was about to interrupt her and she said uh let me finish sir she hit him with it and right there for a split second trump realized that outside of his four walls in the oval office there aren't really four walls he's not safe <laughs> <laughs> he isn't safe but i appreciate if i'm just talking to you know i'm here for it but if i'm talking on the premise of that then it becomes painfully simple the reason why i'm voting is for i'm voting for people who who will be directly affected by trump's decisions i will never 
be in a position or a, or a situation where I am going to have to line up and get food from the government or wait on a check from the government. I am blessed like that and I'm grateful for that, but not everyone is. And some people will have to. And the fact that we have 523 plus bills waiting on the Senate floor to be heard, and one of them includes getting funding out to the people, which could be expedited by the Republican president, is a gaffe that I'm not willing to ignore. So when people ask me, what about Creepy Joe? And I say, you know what? I'd rather have some dude who just inappropriately, but hasn't been charged with anything <laughs> so i'm sorry like, it's just not so bad though <laughs> yeah it's so random it's so bad but guess guess what what i can do this the identity booth won't go away when if if and when biden wins i will turn my aggression towards him i will pursue every middle of the left democratic can find and replace them with people who believe in the science who knows that these greenhouse gases are heating up our planet who understand that we can't continue to live in truck like this that you know police reform conversations have to stop being conversations and start having start needing to resolve around action these are the things that i believe i can actively make a difference and and this is and this is me saying that that but my actions have also shown with my aggression towards Trump and his parties, with the signing, with the calling of governors and calling of Congress and being politically active. I've made statements. I've done things. I've done my fair share to make sure that my government and way of life is consistent. I'm looking out for the little man. And when you vote, you're no longer really voting. You have you can't come from a place of selfishness. America has to get back to being about america and the fact that yeah we can all have differences we can all we can completely have differences but we have to be able to at least agree on civility and not arguing if we should be civil because if someone wants to argue if you're being civil then that person is out to cause mayhem civility we have to understand that take care taking care of your neighbor regardless of their creed is it trumps everything we have to be able to understand that if one of us is suffering we all start suffering just because you got your check doesn't mean that your taxes aren't going to benefit someone else and if there's a homeless person that you're if you're feeling like there's a a demographic or a group of people who are manipulating the funds just remember Google didn't pay. I mean, Amazon didn't pay taxes last year so before you point your finger at somebody in the welfare line just make sure you you know Jeff Bezos' name and that his 900 plus uh 900,000 plus employees across the country are on welfare or getting some type of government subsidized funding. Like uh we in the middle have become very comfortable with blaming each other instead of the people on top. And you know the rule of comedy, you don't punch down. So I don't get why we're doing that in a society right now, punching down on our neighbors. Uh, I'm just kind of trying to process how they throw a line at me there. Um, I guess I, I, there, there was a lot of talking points there. Um, Which one stands out the most? Um, I, just the – so I'm an engineer by trade, and so anytime you bring up numbers, and so it's, 
is that we're um I I gotta combat you a little bit on where, you know where he didn't pay taxes so it's like yeah let's punch up but let's not uh, where where I think where we do a lateral punch and say punch each other and just say well Jeff Bezos is let's say if somebody says Jeff Bezos is bad because he didn't pay taxes and well I said no 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 time out let's go look at the people who are writing the tax legislation that are allowing that oh no happen. absolutely absolutely like jeff jeff bezos a scumbag just because he didn't pay taxes and he knows he didn't pay taxes and to further press that but did he break any laws that exactly he didn't break any laws but that is where and then it lies that you can't like are we arguing about his civility like is he being civil is he thinking about his neighbors is he thinking about being uh, like being human to us does anybody that you know, I, and now I'm I'm painting broad strokes here, but does anybody that so if you're a is it okay to be a billionaire? Yes. Okay. As long as you pay taxes. Did I lose your? Oh. It's still I know no the part of me there's a part of me that wants to say yes still. Because if you're a billionaire, you didn't become a billionaire off of your own strength. So like you, you have, you use, you use, uh, the city's electrical grid, you use the city's water, you use things that our taxpayers, our tax dollars are paying to fund because you're not paying your fair share. Um, I mean, I'm sure he still has an electric bill to pay. No, uh, definitely. But it's been subsidized. Mm Mm-hmm. So, like, that's us giving him a check from the people in order to keep him there. But that shouldn't be the gambit. The gambit is, no, you started this business. Everyone, if Uncle if Uncle Tom and Shop, uh, Uncle Tom and Joseph Donut Shop has to pay full price, why does Jeff Bezos get a get a discount? Like, if if we're talking about being fair and civil, then yeah, I'm gonna well, say no. Nah, this you remind this conversation is reminding me of a uh, it's a philosophy uh, it was an ethics philosophy class I took, where mm. I think we're kind of getting into the territory of you know how much is enough, what's fair, who's who determines what's fair. I mean, I, I I wouldn't be so egregious to say that everyone should pay a flat rate. I think it should be based on, it should be tiered on your, on on what your company revenue is. Like, you, I don't think you should ask uh, Uncle Tom and Joseph Donut Shop to be paying the same amount of taxes that Jeff Bezos is paying. But I'm just talking from a sheer civility point. Mm-hmm. The man got away with with regardless of the tax loops or anything. The incentivized idea of not paying taxes. Mm-hmm. So, like, if we're talking about living in a world where your concern is, and I hear, I hear this all the time on the on the on the on the right, Joe Biden will increase your taxes. No, he's going to tax the people who aren't being taxed right mm-hmm. now. He's going to go after the people who have to pay their well, debt to society. But here's the unfortunate reality about that: it, once you tax those people mm-hmm. too hard that they don't like it and they've already have so so much resources both both in uh, liquid cash and and other otherwise that they can move about the entire planet 
and and go set up go set up shop elsewhere where it's where it will be economically beneficial to them. But but guess but guess what we've also seen and and this is the and this is these are and I I'm doing a. <laughs> I'm doing a video about this. Hopefully, I pray to God I'll be able to do this video about the good that Trump has done. And it's a good in a backwards way, because what Trump has shown us with the TikTok deal is you can harass companies. You can't. And with the ventilators, you can force these. And if this pandemic hasn't shown us anything, is that these companies for all the expedited value. Uh, uh, winnings and earnings that they've been uh, earnings on top of earnings, double multipliers of earnings and having all this money. And we have multiple billion dollar companies six months ago going out of business six months later. If that isn't further proof that they don't know that whether I don't know if they don't know, but, but they're purposely manipulating or misusing their funds. What is I mean, what other what other tell do we have a GDP drop off of 35 points versus uh, I'm using um, Australia, no, New Zealand of 12 percent by them following the rules and having the strictest guidelines. Not only will their economy recover faster, they're going to get back. They've been back to normal longer. So I say that to say this for all the talks of. They need to make profit. They need to make money or they're going to leave. They were here making profit, making money. And we asked and they had to shut down because of a pandemic and they couldn't last six months. That isn't a good sign that this that this company could even handle its own finances. So instead of us sitting here trying to argue whether them being here is beneficial, let's let capitalism. Okay, but but if. So if you can't, if you can't, uh, so if the if the revenue stream stops, for, or if the if you have to stop the flow of your operation for six months, mm-hmm. and and you can't make it, then you say that it's mismanaged funds. What if you say that about an individual? I mean, individuals, you can, indiv- in, but guess, but this is the thing about individuals. Individuals aren't given the benefit of the doubt. Who, who bailed we are the people are bailing out these companies right now like the think about it in the grand scheme of things uh we the someone who's lost their job back in march has only received well I, i'll i'll use the i'll use the uh the the car companies um general motors uh ford didn't take a bailout but uh chrysler did um you know the the you talk about fairness and and ethics where you know, people say, well, if we let these companies die, there will be, you know, thousands and thousands of people without jobs. You know, this, that this was such a driving force in uh, like in certain economies where they didn't want to shut down these massive plants that, um, you know, employed so many people. And then also they made these cars that so many bought. So the, the trickle down economics. So they, they thought it would be way more detrimental to let this company fail then bail it out so but we are so we already know trickle down economics don't work if a company is going to fail and you're concerned about the people who and let's be frank uh some of these line workers are making minimum wage so they weren't really surviving anyway they're still dependent on the government now if this was a if this was a company that was paying $15 an hour where they could actually have a living wage, 
or have some type of money or a certain amount of money that would make a difference, like a solid difference to their 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 in-house income, then yeah, we keep this. But we have stats now backing it, stating places like Shake Shack got bailout money about 10 billion i mean 10 million we have things like youtuber youtubers and influencers getting millions of dollars when we have real mom and pop shops out there that couldn't get a dime so the manipulation is the problem here and the manipulation isn't the fault of the people so once again if our leaders let us down that's a that's a major problem but as a company you have a you have a moral obligation that and a, and being well, you would like them to have one, but but I mean the oh, evidence no. No, shows no. that they don't. <laughs> they and that's so I mean you part, could say they the have part, a moral obligation. Okay, let, well, you and I can agree. Even but my moral oh no, my moral obligation to them is to make a profit. Okay, and 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 keep that company above water, okay. and within six months of. Your year-over-year profit, your company is now begging the people to bail ah. it out. That is a problem for gotcha. me. That is a problem gotcha. for me. That is like that is my problem. Like you can't come to me and after bragging about hitting seven home runs, and then me as a person who's never pitched a day in my life strike you out three times. You can't talk on the right. bus. You have to go home quiet. You have to go home quiet. So that's my only beef with it. But I feel like we've definitely gone off on the. We have. Right? Um, that happens. I don't know where are we. We're at forty. I know. Well, I'm just like I just said thirty. I'm just like, man, we could. This is gonna be a three hour. All right. Uh-huh. All right. So then, let's just get to the final point. All right. Um. So, and I won't. You don't have to answer this question right now. Uh, you don't have to answer this question at all. This is not my fucking business. <laughs> but it's not, it's it's the identity booth. So we're trying to identify. I it's it's been well documented. I'm gonna vote for. Uh, Biden and after hearing my reasons do you understand is it can, would you say I made a compelling argument for why voting for Biden is better than Trump yeah I, I, I would definitely concede to that um I think uh even uh, even a lot of people that are on the fence or you know just to give a visual you know if you're just a, you know a slide hair to the right and you're like oh, i don't know like maybe maybe you had disdain for biden for whatever reason uh you know maybe you were like me and you said oh well you know the guy's got alzheimer's and then you know you come to find out he's got this uh they got this uh fitness test and they make sure that he doesn't have alzheimer's you're like oh all right well then you know that changes everything um i, I think it's it is important to keep an open mind and and think about these things I think about that also uh, really, really think hard about is the person you're voting for, for the presidency, is it going to make a difference in your day-to-day life? And if the answer is no, now ask yourself the second question. Is the person that I'm voting for going to affect, uh, going to affect other people's day-to-day life? The third question what groups of people do I think are going to be the most affected by this choice I'm making today? And, and I think that's an amazing, like, those are amazing questions and you have to really be selfless because asking yourself straight up, does Trump affect my livelihood? Me personally? No, but my immediate family. Yeah. Like if they're, 
you know, there's a bunch of young African princes I want to, princess and princes I want to bring to this country for athletic, academic reasons. I used reasons, to get emails you know. from them all the time. Yeah, and they were still waiting for those credit card Man. numbers. Go ahead, send it over. <laughs> but, like, the truth is, like, I want to get them, you know, get them into school, get them into college, get them moving in the right direction. But because of his harsh immigration reform uh holdout and constantly blocking people from getting into the country while being okay with terrorist organization countries coming to the country it begs the question like is this a is this a merit-based situation is he is he interested in really progressing this country forward there's a reason why a vast majority of our scientists and lead uh science expertise comes from out of the country is because we rank 17th on the national scale for uh, STEM like sciences. So we're, we're hindering ourselves and, you know, talk of people coming across border until the border became more strict. People didn't start staying because usually the smart idea is to make your money here and go across and spend it. That's the genius way to do it. And when the, when the revolving door was lubricated, that's, that's process happened. Obama was, up until, I think, I think it was, and I'll have to check this. If I can find the number, I'll put it up now. But I believe it was up until August. Obama had a, uh, deported the most yes. people. Now Trump is has, has has now Trump has now superseded him. So, yeah. So it's sort of like, but but under what under what cause? It's amazing how Obama did this with a humane touch. And the way that Trump managed to get to this number is by losing 4,000 kids. Like, that is something that has to be in the back of your mind. When people are coming here look seeking refuge, you have to understand that this is a legal right given to them. When they come here, they don't have, they shouldn't be putting to eugenics experiments where they literally have a nickname for the doctor, which is the uh, uterus collector. That can't be a thing happening in America right now. And, and, as you move down these questions, truly soul search yourself, man. Think about how, like, your kids and the laws that will be put into place. Uh, I have a live stream coming on uh, pretty soon that kind of talks about, you know, the problem with Trump winning and the problem with our country becoming more conservative. Because conservatism for Republicans in 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 this light, like uh, the Ted Cruz's. It isn't about their ability to be liberated. It's their ability to hinder your liberation by telling you what you can and can't do with your body, who you marry, and how you live, your way of life. And if you're a person who enjoys freedom, you have to be a little bit stringent or jerkish when people start coming for other people who don't look like you. Because eventually, when they're done coming for them, they're going to come for you and you want to make sure that you got backup and you won't have backup if you don't defend your neighbor. And I think that's what as as all Americans, that's what we need to get back to doing, uh, watching each other's back because we already know the government doesn't care. Yeah, I will. Uh, I will definitely agree with you on that point. It's 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 about us. It's, it's not. And, and you can harp on, you know, the government, the government, the government. It, it's it's comprised of individual humans at the end of the day. You know, the government is not this faceless entity. They're people. No, for sure. 
And we're people. And well, this has been a podcast. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, say because I'm close. No, I don't close it out because the, the next thing I was going to say would probably take another 30 minutes. <laughs> well, Guillermo's going to have his own little uh, rant session in a second. So we're going to end this by saying, you know, this is a podcast where we identify with you as you constantly try to identify with us. And today we are talking about how whoever you vote for and the impact of it. Honestly, if you and this person are good friends, and that's what the main thing was. We share. went so far from that. Yeah, oh yeah, that's where we started. <laughs> Imagine that. Uh, if if you really have a bond, then I feel like that bond won't be destroyed by the likes of po- politics. But if you feel deeply in your core or your heart that this isn't something that you can do, you're entitled to feel that way because you you might have a direct. Uh, so, so someone sitting there telling you that people that look like you being oppressed is okay might not sit well with you and that's okay you're allowed to have this feeling but don't let that feeling cloud your ability to try and identify with other yeah. people and uh Guillermo I appreciate you uh going into this debate with me uh having the ability to speak freely on it and you know uh bringing some challenging dialogue where can they find you if they want to you know hear more of your ideas oh well i'm all over the interwebs uh you know wherever uh, major podcasts can be found spotify uh apple Podcasts, itunes is that still a thing uh google play yeah iTunes okay is still a thing. i was just like you know the, the branding changes but uh yeah and the apple podcast the itunes uh the google play music spotify player fm podcast addict podcast addict um and uh Type me in into uh, any whatever is your favorite podcast player, and uh, and that name of that podcast is the Circuit of Life Circuit podcast. of Life podcast. You will easily be able so, to find it. He's first page on Google is it can't get no better than that. It's like finding the answers on test day. But um, for what it's worth, this has been a podcast. This has been two guys talking about a podcast, and uh, this is the Identity Booth. My name is Hero. We're on a goal. We're on a mission, and that's to get 300 subscribers. Like, share, subscribe. All that information will be in the description and comments section below. But damn it, 300. We're at 212. I'm giving y'all this good content. I deserve a thousand followers. I'm not saying I deserve more than that. But I will humbly stop asking you guys about subscribing, sharing this, and liking this when I get to a thousand. That's a total lie. I'm going to bother you guys until I'm the most famous person on the internet. And then you'll have the ability to say that you were an identifier and you were here before all these bogus followers started showing up. All these freeway uh, identifiers. Be an original. Put on your mask and take care of yourself. All right, I'm done. (laughs) I get so angry at the end. All right. Uh, so much for 30 minutes. I know, minutes. right? Well, I mean, you saw what happened. We were on the phone for like two hours and 15 minutes the other day. Yeah, because I was like, I ended up getting chewed by my wife that day. Yeah, I mean, no, no, no shade at you, man. But it was just, she was in one of the movies. And, oh, buddy. And I literally was sitting outside of the house. I'm on the phone with you because then another time I had I had uh, come in 